This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This is the Colorado Hunting Hub podcast, where we cover hunting in the West, but mostly hunting in the destination state of Colorado. You'll find information that'll help you plan, prepare, and motivate you for your hunt, but also keep you updated on happenings in the Western hunting world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. Haven't done an episode in quite some time with just myself here so uh but i needed to get an episode out and i didn't have a guest lined up and been doing a little hunting so things got a little behind i apologize for that usually get these things released sunday night so i apologize and get that out there in time if you're we're waiting for an episode appreciate those people that are that are those listeners and listening to everything we got so we really really appreciate that uh again i know i keep saying it but uh dre and i got some good stuff coming had some great interviews she's going to kick off her first one here soon and at the the first of the year we've got her and i are going to do a good episode together uh releasing our changes that we are we are going through so uh, some good stuff all great things uh but i was in the black hills of south dakota doing a little archery hunting this last weekend and week over the thanksgiving break and just wanted to share some things that i learned on that hunt. And so at first, if you don't know about hunting in South Dakota, uh, you're missing out. This is in my eyes, a Western state for about half of it. And definitely Western tactics apply here. It's probably not the state many people think about for big game in, in a destination state like Colorado is, but it's focused more. There's a lot of pheasants. And that, that I know draws in a lot of the, the out of state hunters. Uh, but there's a lot of really good big game opportunities and draw odds are not horrible. Uh, you can get a lot of tags 
with just a point or two, or you can you can draw just about anything with a with a few points. Elk hunting is not available for non-residents, uh, but that's not what we're hunting here. We're hunting deer, and the Black Hills is this own little island in the western half, or western actually less than half. Uh, but just a beautiful, beautiful area. I've posted some pictures on Instagram and Facebook, so check those out. Just some cool, cool areas. Uh, lots of cool history in this area. Uh, it, this is my home state. I was born not far out of the Black Hills and love love the area. And there is a lot of hunting opportunity in this area. In Colorado, you're lucky if you get one deer tag. Uh you can kind of finagle two deer tags, a buck and a doe, um, if you if you're willing to travel and do some different things there. But and maybe even three. But that's that's a little unheard of. Uh, here you can not just hunt multiple deer; you can hunt multiple bucks. And this year uh, we decided to go with archery tags, and we do this this archery hunt every year. Um, we're applying for some rifle tags in the Black Hills, which is a fun hunt. Uh, but the November rifle season is going on right now or during our hunt, and uh, it's ended, actually, uh, the end of November. So, yeah, it's done. But it was going on during our our hunt, and so there's decent amount of hunters out, but it wasn't horrible. And they're out rifle hunting, we're out archery hunting, uh, so there was a little bit of competition there, a little bit of movement of, of deer, but it, it was not a big deal. Then we weren't, uh, conflicting with each other's hunts. So that was pretty good. The archery hunting here in, in South Dakota, what the tag we got was a statewide archery tag. So we're able to hunt anywhere in the state within reason. There's a couple of places you can't, but, uh, anywhere in the state there, we're hunting archery deer, white tails, in the Black Hills, on the ground, not in tree stands, uh, it's a tough hunt if they're not running or they're not really responding to to calls and different things there. We were a little post-rut here. I mean, they're, they were moving. I saw deer still chasing yesterday, but they're uh, kind of on that tail end of things, so they're not heavy, heavy on responding to calls that great. But the thing is there's lots of deer. The Black Hills whitetails are smaller there's a lot of them uh, and it just has to do with their diet they're this little island is produces much smaller whitetails and if you go out into the prairies around uh, just a, a kind of a cool little little thing based on the diet and what they get uh, when uh, and they're in development so that's something kind of cool to see there is mule deer mixed in. I'm going to post a picture with this release of the episode that my hunting buddy took with a whitetail and a mule deer in the same frame. It's just really cool to see two bucks, two different species standing next to each other. And it was kind of tough sometimes to see or tell where are the mule deer, where are the whitetail. We could go hunt either one. Uh, but there was definitely more whitetail than there were mule deer. And to for the the rifle hunts it's much more common to get a whitetail tag unless you're archery 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 it's it's uh any deer 
So some of the cool things we found, another kind of crazy thing was as I was out hiking around the first day or to second day, whatever it was, and I'm glassing looking for whitetails, and here I find a herd of elk. And not just like small herd of 15 cows, but there was a beautiful six-point bull in that herd. And then I look off to the right, and there's a beautiful coyote standing there. Uh, and then he joins up a couple other coyotes. And there's two bulls there that those coyotes are, I kind of joked that they were just standing around waiting for one of them to die so they could eat them. But the, uh, the other bull bulls there, one was a five by six, beautiful bull. And then the other one had a really nice, perfect, clean six on one side and the other side must've been either broke off or it looked like he had almost had something kind of hanging there. Uh, so it's kind of unique to see the, uh, elk in the same area where these whitetails are. And that's kind of the thing with hunting mountain whitetails this is the black hills and i don't always refer to them as mountains uh but this is mountain whitetail hunting it's a little different than hunting them out of fields agricultural fields and that sort of thing but that's what makes it kind of fun some of the other cool stuff we were seeing is uh there's a lot of mining history in this area if you've ever heard of black hills gold this is where it comes from and there's all these little test pits all over the place where uh, old prospectors would come in and look and, and do these little test holes looking for for gold and signs of gold or whatever. And there's these little pits that kind of, some of them are a little freaky. <laughs> Big old massive 15-foot little holes where you couldn't climb out of if you fell down it. So kind of neat uh, to see some of those. I found a, posted a picture of uh, an old gear, an old iron gear that uh, is like, 16 inches wide or in diameter diameter and don't know what it was used for but probably something with the with the mining in the area just in the middle of the trees no idea so some of the tactics we were using for these mountain whitetails is and we found in the past is calling i almost hate to say this because i don't want other people that hunt the hills to really figure this out and then they they don't respond well to the calls afterwards but we found it works in a certain time of the, the year, we would be rattling. And two years ago, when we were out here, it was an earlier Thanksgiving, kind of right in the heat of the rut, deer running everywhere. We hunted our butts off for a couple of days and couldn't get within bow range or get shot opportunities. Uh, but then we realized that, oh shoot, they're responding to calling. So within an hour, my buddy and I both filled our tags uh, by rattling in and calling in deer and it worked they come in on a string ready to kick our butts and uh to figure out who was going on so that's a fun fun thing last year we were out here in a snowstorm rut must have been over or something but they didn't respond or anything so we went home unfilled this year uh we also didn't fill our tags but uh it wasn't like there was an opportunity we didn't have fun there was a lot of really good encounters a lot of really good uh, uh stocks and things that we were working on and definitely learned some more things we had a couple respond to calls and coming in just couldn't get those shot opportunities or if we did uh, i'm afraid to say i did miss uh but i'll get to that just one of those things especially when you haven't practiced when you're supposed to be so uh yeah the calling that that has was working the still hunting i tell you what you can move through the trees pretty quiet but if a whitetail sees you, you are done for. And seeing a whitetail before they see you can be a tricky, tricky thing. I chalk uh, up finding 
a few whitetails up to my glass and I had too high a power of binoculars. If I had gone with something a little lower, uh, I think I would have found a lot more success with that and just walking a little ways, picking up your binos and looking through the trees, trying to find them before they find you. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Then after that, seeing if we could find like a, a buck that was moving. One of the bucks by himself, nose to the ground moving, that was a buck we would try and call to. If it was a buck and a doe, he was not going to leave those those does necessarily in, in our circumstances that we saw. So we tried to, uh, in those scenarios, see if we couldn't put a stock in on them and, and get a shot off, but that didn't work. Um, a couple of times, if you know anything about the Black Hills, there's a lot of granite spires and, and uh, rock ridges and things. So one of the other thing tactics we used was going up to those ridges and peering over. And one time that worked great. Um, it's worked great in the past, uh, as they're bedded behind them or uh, they're just feeding behind them and you can get within 50 yards pretty, pretty easily. Uh, if, if you're peeking over the right hill at the right area and you're not spooking them and, and we did have that work a time, uh, but I must've been looking straight through the deer. I was glassing as I was creeping up over this rock ridge, must've been looking straight through him. Uh, cause I took another step and all of a sudden a tail was right there, white tail. And if you've seen that white tail pop up while you're deer hunting, you know, you're busted. And so it popped up. He kind of ran a little ways around to the next rock ridge and was going to go down that little chute. So I sprinted up there and got, got to where I could see where he was coming, ranged it real quick at like 55, 60. And he came to an opening. I drew and I don't know what happened. I don't know if I shot under, over, to the side, whatever. Uh, shot felt good. Um, who knows? I really don't know. And I'm not ashamed to say it was a miss. Clean miss. Stuck that arrow right into a log. Can see there's no blood. So moved on right away. The uh, other times that we, we were calling, we noticed that on those moving bucks, a lot of times needed to be within 50 to 200 yards. Uh, that 50 yards was a little close. We had that one time where there was that buck couldn't have looked and seen that there was nothing there. But it's just like calling elk. If they can pinpoint where you're at and they don't see something, they're out of there. So these whitetails, we tried to let them not pinpoint where we were until they were on top of us and we were already shooting an arrow or whatever or it we're calling off going into an area where we know there was deer and we would call just off of that a little ways the one thing that i'm going to go pick up in the at the post office here right now to help with this hunt is uh ultimate predator decoy they don't do anything for me i don't haven't used their stuff i had a uh, listener tell me you got to try them this would have made a difference if and the ultimate predator decoy has got a little it's a bow mounted decoy gonna give it a shot see if i can't mount it on my bow it's gonna be post rut by the time i 
get out and do another hunt here in South Dakota. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to get that on there and maybe that'll help me close that range just a little bit with some of them bucks and give, or give me another 30 seconds to, to settle in and, and draw and shoot. So who knows? Uh, I'm going to give that a shot. And if not, I'll have it for next year and, and be successful with it then. But this is a tough hunt. I was kind of comparing this to elk hunting a little bit. And if you remove the factor of locating elk and you remove the physical part, and if these bucks weren't running, this is a tougher hunt than an elk hunt. Uh, don't harass me on that one, but because uh, I know how hard locating elk are. Elk, elk can give you a little bit of movement. They don't give you any scent at all, or any 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 chances with getting winded. But give, getting that little bit of movement, man, that helps a lot. Them whitetails, they see, and there ain't no mule deer stop and look back. Uh, most of the time. So that, that was tough. And otherwise when the whitetails are responding to calls, it can be a little bit of an easier hunt. Uh, definitely a fun, fun hunt to do with a, a bow. I recommend checking out South Dakota because if you didn't like that, you can go out to the prairie. Uh, I may even try the, the Badlands area on my next hunt to see if that's something that wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be a fun hunt to do and different terrain. So going to give some different options there. I realized I, I had missed uh, a shot or two. <laughs> I had another one uh, opportunity that was just a chip shot, and I don't know what happened. Uh, but that's what that's what happens when you know practice. I had a lot of things going on in life right now that have prevented me from doing any sort of practice at all and uh, was able to shoot a few arrows ahead of time before I went and went where I wanted, and that's about all I could could account for so uh definitely some practice is probably the result of of some misses here but i, I don't i'm not going to beat myself up on it too bad um i'll take some harassment whatever it's fine uh it's but the season's not done and it's uh i still i'm gonna get another opportunity so i'm pretty sure but dealing with that miss is just kind of a, a funny thing did i do everything i could have uh and i feel like in a couple instances I did. I did some of the right things. And each time I had one of those scenarios not go right, I kind of evaluated. Okay, over that sneaking over that hill, I did one thing wrong. I went too fast. Oh, one of the things I did right was I adjusted quickly, sprinted up to where he was going, and I created an opportunity, a second opportunity for myself. So I did one thing right, two things wrong, uh, evaluate for the next time, and there I've learned something. Uh, in the other miss... I did a lot of things right there. Maybe our setup was wrong and we could have got an opportunity. Uh, so just trying to figure out those things and learn from them is definitely something I, I can still value in those experiences. And I'm not going to beat myself up for uh, having that unfilled tag. And one of the funny things about that is just very recently uh, how I feel about unfilled tags. And... Some folks are a, I must fill a tag, I gotta get it, it's all about filling a tag, uh, no matter what it is, and it's gotta be a big buck, and it's gotta get filled, um, or, or a small buck, or something, and it's just to be something. Um, I, I've lost kind of some of that desire to have to fill a tag. I, I've been focusing more on uh, trying to be a better hunter, and focusing on having a great time, getting solid strategies, 
using solid strategies and learning from my experience just so I can be a better hunter. So in the future, I am filling better tags with bigger deer or whatever. So I know that that may sound like a thing a guy would say that didn't fill a tag. Uh, and yeah, but I have filled two tags already this year and I'm feeling good with whatever. So I still have that desire and that drive. Like I got to get out there. I got to get out there cause I have an unfilled tag cause the season is still open. But after that season and the tag isn't filled, I've found a peace with whatever the outcome is. And I think that's, I'm kind of in a cool stage in my life there where it's okay. Uh, I, I don't need to, I, it, w- it would have been awesome, but, uh, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen and I'll fill it another year. It's okay that I don't have a rafter full of antlers, uh, but I'm still not done. I'm still planning on filling that tag. Even if it, even if it is with a doe, I'll, I'll fill that tag. So, uh, Again, probably something a guy that didn't fill a tag would say, but I found a piece, and I hope hope you guys can share that thought with me and uh, realize that you can have some peace in unfilled tags as long as you had a great hunt, and that's what I did. I had a great hunt. Season's not done. I have till January 1st, uh, and this weekend I, I can't go chasing, and probably not the following. It depends on how this hunt goes. Uh, Northeast Colorado hunt. We did an episode with Bruce last week time and uh chatted with him about hunting deer in the prairie so i'm going to utilize those those tactics that he shared with us and i'm excited about it so uh sorry for a short one this week it's still hunting season and i had a big gap in there where i wasn't hunting and now i am so that's a um yeah a little bit of a hiatus in our in our recording but we've got a few coming up and andrea is going to record some herself so thanks again for listening. Appreciate you all. Reach out if you need anything, have questions, comments, concerns, or uh, if you need an Onyx membership, let me know. I still got one. We're going to get some packages together. Uh, got a uh, couple of books and some Onyx stuff uh, that we're going to be giving away here at the beginning of the year. And then we'll release that in our uh, episode with Andrea here soon, say in the end of the month. But until next time, thanks for listening. We'll talk to some of you later. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's country. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.